0: Hi, I'm Christy,
1: and I'm Kathy,
0: and this is Game of Books, where two newbie writers share our love of food, wine, and mysteries, not necessarily in that order. Well, Christy, here we are, week two
1: of our podcast. (laughs) I know, I can't believe it. I really um, enjoyed our first one, and I've been looking forward to this all week,
0: actually. Oh, good. me too, sort of. I mean, it's nerve-wracking when we get here, but you know what? We'll just we're just having two girls having a conversation.: Yep, once we get
1: all this technology piece started and then we're just talking like we usually do, we're good to yep. go. Yeah. All right. So Well, I'm looking forward to sharing my um, selection with you today.
0: Okay, yes. i loved yours last week so i'm sure i'm gonna love it this week
1: well i am very excited to hear what you have to say um and since you're the one first one to go this week you get it get it you get it christy you got to pick (laughs) i think i'm nervous because i think clayton's upstairs listening to me Um, (laughs) (laughs) our our, audience uh, an audience of one (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: you get to um choose the wine this week so i'm very curious what you chose
0: Oh, yes, well, you know what I chose. I know I'm curious what it tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> and I am curious what it tastes like. and um, anyway, i um I should probably give the rules again for the picking of the wine because it goes along with our it has to tie in with our mystery book choice, um, which I'm sure you knew exactly what that was when I told you the wine. I, I did and... have a suspicion. <laughs> And um, it has to be under $20, and it has to be common enough enough that we both can find it.
1: That is the trick, because in case anybody listening thought we were uh, just sitting together, having a conversation, um, that would be incorrect. I wish we were. I really wish we were. But I'm in South yeah, Dakota, <laughs> where it's snowing today, big fluffy white snowflakes. And Christy uh.
0: is in South Florida, where I'm sure it is
1: much warmer.
0: 65 well actually probably 75 now and um actually it does the sun's trying to come out that sounds pretty pleasant actually Mm -hmm.
1: um so we obviously have very different climates and we have different wine stores um but we always are going to try to have the same wine and so far we've so far so good yeah so
0: far so good you know it's it's a it's a small world out there now um and like you said, I wish we could be in the same room. I'm wondering if maybe we could, we, we need to plan a trip like sometime after the holidays where we like meet somewhere in between, don't you think? Oh, that would be fun. I like that idea I, a lot. I don't know if we can with our schedules and stuff. I but...
1: don't either, but we can always we can always <laughs> talk about it and plan at least.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, but before we get any further, let's go ahead and open this wine. Um, it, This week I chose a Chianti.
1: Okay. And
0: um, and it is actually the Rufino Chianti. So I'm going to pour some right now, so we can see. It's a red wine, um, which we both like. We do. And what can we say about Chiantis? Um, well, this one actually this is interesting because Chiantis. Well, let me take a sip.
1: Yeah, I'm okay, dying to
0: do that. You're there already. Interesting. Well, Kianis are like light, like I think light is a way to consider it. But they're um, they're new wines. In other words, they're not aged a lot. Oh. And I think you, I think you can sort of tell. Like when I when I taste it, it doesn't have like as much depth as some ones. Yeah.
1: it was very fragrant though. You know, when you first take that drink, I thought it was really fragrant when I first. Exactly. Um, yeah, which I I mean I really enjoyed that. But you're right; it doesn't have as um, heavy of a flavor. Right. And, but, um,
0: so this one, this particular one is described as deep fruity plum flavors with intense sweet cherry leading to a light spicy finish. Which I think is true. I mean, I got I a little do. spice in my mouth and it was very light, I thought. Yeah, um, and
1: I really smelled that um, berry. I really smelled that mm-hmm. berry when I, I haven't, yeah. I honestly haven't done a lot of, um, you know, swirling of the wine. I just really enjoy wine. <laughs> So yeah. it's, it's fun to um share the descriptions and see if we can actually pick up sense. Of I know, yeah. I know.
0: We're gonna be we're gonna be experts. We're gonna have a wine cellar or something, or you could have a wine cellar. We don't have cellars in Florida. I'd have, oh, we have like a wine cooler or something. But... I,
1: I will I will I will provide the cellar. All right. So that's <laughs> enough wine for now. So tell me about your week. What's been going on?
0: Okay. Well. Um... Well, there's a lot going on as usual, but I just have to address something that is, you know, once you say South Florida, you're going to say, oh, how's the recount going?
1: I was going (laughs) to say, what crazy thing is happening in South Florida this week? But yes, there's a recount.
0: Yes, yes. So um, anyway, uh, it's still going. And it's not as bad as the hanging chads of the past, mm-hmm. but um, but it definitely is causing a lot of controversy. And, you know, I just wanna set the record straight that we are not running around cheating on our voting. What? Because that seems to be, that's, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this, but um, okay, here. So, so that I heard the other day, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this true? So I look up online. I'm looking for Donald Trump, apparently our president, um, had said that um, in, in Florida, and specifically Broward County where I live. Um, You're in the hotbed. Yeah, when people get in line, <laughs> they have absolutely no right to vote, and they go around in circles. Sometimes they go to their car, put on a different hat, put on a different shirt, come in and, and vote again. Nobody what? takes anything. It's really a disgrace what's going on. So that that really isn't happening. I mean, okay, I went so to vote. Tell me yeah. about your voting experience. Let's compare our voting. Okay, so I'm very so curious. this is so this is my voting experience. So I go. I rode my bike. So obviously, I I couldn't go back and change my hat or anything. But um, <laughs> I, I watched really carefully, and I think I recognized the guy with the iguana on his shoulder come back in with a parrot on his shoulder so i don't
1: know
0: yeah it's florida we're crazy down here yeah um, it's colorful (laughs) but when we go in we, we have to um we have to show some sort of identification with a signature on it so it's all based on our signature which is what is causing a lot of issues now because think about it i mean my signature i actually did have to ask them i'm like can you show me what my signature was when I registered to vote? Oh, because it Because can vary, sometimes right? I write it. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I just write like CB, you know, McVeigh. And then sometimes I'll write the whole full name, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't sure. And I was very concerned that because they do match them. And that's how they determine, especially if you're a mail-in. I wasn't a mail-in, but like so, my daughter was. And it was, it was a little scary because she doesn't even have a lot of experience with signatures. So when she was like, you know, 18 and registering to vote, it probably looks way different than, you know, two years later because she doesn't, you know, so.
1: So when you go in, you register with a human.
0: Yeah, we go up to a human. Yeah. And um, do they. We're already registered, but we, you have to be registered ahead of time. Yeah.
1: Yes. I mean, with a day and you check in with a a person. Yes. Yes. And then do they have you
0: sign something on paper or like a um, electronic signature or what? Oh, shoot. This was like a week ago. Come on. I've had a lot of wine since then. Uh, Let's think. Um, I think it was on an electronic thing. Okay, interesting. It had to be because they had a computer sitting there and they had to have, or no, maybe it was. (sighs) No, it might not have been. It might have been a. well, I don't know.
1: So so they have, well, they must have an electronic (laughs) record of your signature on file. And yes, they, they do those. have
0: and they say that if as long as you get before the registration deadline, if you want to put in another signature card, like say you're something somebody like me that all of a sudden realize that, hey, they're going to base this on my signature from, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, or if your name changes, you know, something like sure. that, you're going to want a new signature, although you should have a new voting card. But anyway, Um, You can change it ahead of time if you're concerned about that, but it has to be before registration so not the day you're in there you can't say hey guess Mm -hmm. what I decided to start writing my name like this. Right. Um, So it has to match um, and generally, um, like I would think that it would match like on our driver's license we have a signature. Mm so um that's like in the state record so you would think that that signature might be the one that they use too Hmm. i don't know
1: so once you get um you've you've checked in and and you sign something Mm -hmm. and they agree that that it's it's you now yeah Uh uh-huh And then how do you guys vote? Is it electronic voting
0: or is it Um, paper Well, it's both. It's like they take a, they give us like papers and we had in, in Broward County, there was like six pages, which again is also an annoying thing because we had to deal with all the different um, local, not Mm -hmm. just elections, but like changes in bylaws and things like that. But anyway, so we do, and then we go to this little stand, you know, with the sidewalls and you Mm -hmm. bubble in your votes, so you bubble it in just like the SATs
1: you mean and like on paper
0: on paper um, yeah. right on the right yeah. on the, the um form. form right there and they give mm-hmm. you a little folder for when you're walking around so nobody sees but um right. but anyway so you have to go through and bubble in with the pen they have a little pen on a on a string there and then then you bring it up to another person who you know confirms that you're all done and you've filled out everything you want to fill out and then they and then they have you walk over to this other machine that's that sucks it in Mm
1: -hmm.
0: page by page so you put a put down you do it pulls the page in and you know you're like okay good next page okay good next page Mm -hmm. okay good next page once all they're in Mm-hmm. Then you just you know say you are all done and you have to okay. push the button and that's it you walk out you get a sticker
1: and then you walk. the sticker is fun so that's interesting <laughs> because obviously you guys have such a large population yeah um, but you also have a lot of problems um, mm-hmm. I our our process is similar but I think a, similar but it's more simple. Um, I, I go in, um, check in with a person. My mom actually happens to work at one of the polling stations. So oh, okay. I, like, I love hearing her end of it because she's had, had very interesting experiences. But mm-hmm. um, we, I go in and I bring my driver's license. And they still have a very um, <laughs> old-looking paper ledger. Where they can look up your name and identify, you know, and, and just check against the information on your on your driver's license, same address, all that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But it's a very simple process, you know. But I just use my driver's license, a photo ID is what we need, and then okay. s- same thing. They give us a paper ballot, um, and we go in, you know, in those little carols, those little study carols that they set up, and then we uh-huh. just put ours in a ballot box when we're done. Then the um. Poll workers at the end of their day, after the um, oh, uh, elections close, they then go to our, you know, the
0: paper ballot.
1: Um, they take all paper ballots and then they they count all of them at once at the end of the day, and they like, put them yeah. then they then put them into a computer, and um, but what's interesting is that. Two things, um, briefly, and then we'll get... Cause I, I'll have some more wine. But um, <laughs> the one time I got to sit in on a recount,
0: um,
1: uh-huh. we had... I used to... One thing you may not know about me is I used to be on the uh, school board here. And
0: oh,
1: okay. Yeah. And um,
0: a... Friend were you of hated mine. or loved?
1: Hated or loved? Oh boy! I really, really <laughs> want you were loved. loved, of course. <laughs> but um, we did do a redistricting and opened a new school that was very controversial. So there were some Ooh. people that told me that I ruined their lives. And yeah, eliminated. that's a but hard job. I mean, it is oh a hard job. Gosh.
0: Every it, time I, you know, talk to any school board person, they're just like, you know,
1: it's surprisingly I don't know. challenging. Yeah, but um, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, one one of my friends was a, a, in an election, and it was really, really close. So they did a they did a uh, recount, and I got to go in and sit and be one of the supervisors to the recount. And it was a I've learned so much. It was fascinating.
0: It was absolutely fascinating. Okay, and were there any issues with hanging chads? No,
1: there were not any issues with hanging chads, but there were two ballots that were. I believe it was only two that were. Um, we had to discard because they had. Um, disqualified themselves for a variety of reasons i think somebody right. scrawled something on there like you know against the rules you
0: suck yeah yeah but
1: um they happened to <laughs> don't wash vote each other for out.
0: them right 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 but they wash
1: each other out so the the verdict was actually still the same but it was of it was an interesting and nerve-wracking couple of hours
0: i felt very yeah.
1: you know yeah. i can only yeah you, you
0: you're saying okay um that's when i started drinking and- <laughs> it yeah. was very interesting but I really. But, you know, um, yeah, and I, I think, I think it's, it's really pre- been a crazy. I mean, the people down here, you know, that yeah. are actually working in the that capacity are pretty much stressed. I'm sure because the whole nation is sitting there staring at them. I can't um, imagine
1: that job. I cannot I even
0: imagine. Yeah. And then, and then to have you know the president sit there and telling you know calling us out all the time, it's pretty scary. It's like, oh man, you know, the, how yeah. could this all be on us? But, but anyway, so in the process of actually trying to find this little quote from Donald Trump, where you know about the different shirt thing, I I got sucked in a little bit to um, going through the Twitter feed.
1: Oh no, that's not good. Yeah, because I
0: don't normally look at that, but I was like, okay, was this a Twitter? It Turns out that particular one was not a Twitter. That was like an art, you know, in an article in on some news site that he interviewed with, but um, called the Daily Caller, which I don't even know. But anyway, um, in the Twitter feed, I found something that was truly alarming, and I just need to read it. It says Is this on trade the president's
1: Twitter. feed? The president
0: that- Donald okay. Trump's Twitter. This was one of his tweets, and he says, On trade, France makes excellent wine, but so does the U.S. The problem is <laughs> that France makes it very hard for the U.S. to sell its wines into France and charges big tariffs, whereas the U.S. makes it easy for French wines and charges very small tariffs. No fare must change. This is very concerning for me. Well, I mean, what if we want to choose a French wine? Pretty soon we're not going to be able to get a French wine.
1: I somehow think we'll still be able to get French
0: wine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm It'll have just... to be, you know, we, we, we might just have to move to France and, and do our podcast there whenever we, could, we want to do it. That's where we could wine. meet up and we can investigate <laughs> this very serious issue.
1: Now today's wine is, however, Italian. So
0: yes, this is Italian. So we're safe. We're safe as far as today. So far, Italy is is on the on the plus side. Oh wait, I wanted to tell you something about this wine too. You know because we had the two choices and you chose Rufino and and that's really cool because one this is um, the uh, this this winery's been around since 1877. Oh, and wow. during World War I, Raffino was the only Chianti exported from Italy to the United States. Really? Yes. It was the ambassador to wine lovers around the world. Well, yeah. that's so neat. So we should also and, share
1: with everybody, when you mentioned the two wines, how we've been doing this.
0: Yes. So, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll take a picture of two, like this week I did two Chiantis. And last week you did two shiraz or saras whatever it's hard how hard to say that. pronounce that, the plural it. of that one, yes. And um and and then I look on the shelves and I see if if I have both of them, then I pick the cheaper and the vice versa. So um so that's been working out pretty good. I mean yeah. You know. And I had
1: sent my husband um to the liquor store um in Brookings, actually in South Dakota. Um, you can have a municipal liquor store and that's what my hometown has. So we have one and it, 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 um, serves, I mean, it raises taxes for our community, which is very interesting. Um, we can also buy it at grocery stores and whatnot, but, Uh um, that's the largest selection we have in Brookings. And, um, and so Platon went and he, I did not ask him though, if both of the wines were available. I didn't. Well, you time. know what?
0: This one um, also it's shaped different. I don't know if you noticed the bottle is shaped different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, do you remember those old bottles that would have like the straw on the bottom? I do, and as a matter of fact, those when were I had... Chiantis. That's I the know. traditional and that's called like a fiasco or fiasco yes, in uh, Like in from Italian from flask. I believe yeah. the word flask is from that. Yeah, it. so this one is is is, you know, obviously a modern bottle, but it had yeah. keeps some of the same shape. I have to admit, I still am rather fond of those little bottles. I know, those were so cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there are different levels of Chianti, so probably, um, you know, the premier Chiantis from the exact Chianti region of Italy, probably maybe some of them still have little straw things, I don't know.
1: So I have to admit, as we've been talking, voting and, and... Maybe that's why, but I've had a few a few additional sips of the wine. It is very drinkable. I mean, I really, I it's very easy to um, just sip here and there. I mean, it's a very nice wine. I really like it. Yum! I know.
0: Yeah, Thank I you know. for talking right then, so I could get some sips.
1: In. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, um, what well, you can have another sip here, and I'll just quickly mention. Um, we don't have any. Actually, I think we do have a couple of recounts in South Dakota, but they're for very minor races and nothing that would reach um, national attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in very polar opposite places, you have large populations, lots of stuff going on. South Dakota is the exact opposite of that, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, well, but anyway. Know. cheers to that that. (laughs) yes cheers to that i i enjoy my home state very very much um but i actually i got out of dodge this week and i went to minneapolis this uh last a couple days this last week where we used to Mm -hmm. live so i'm very familiar it's a very easy quick jaunt to get over there Mm -hmm. and um i got to do some research for my novel um i went and read revisited some locations where i had set some scenes oh fun really was very very helpful it oh good even though i recalled the information and i had my notes from before man does it really help to visit those spots again
0: because you can get like you you can really pull back into all your different senses when you're writing
1: you really um, can when
0: you're when you're actually there. You kind of remember things that you might not remember as much when you're just sitting in your house. You know, yeah. like certain smells or sounds or anything. And I I would say that
1: descriptions not my um, natural forte by any means, and mm-hmm. so it really did help. So that was that was my week. Oh, good. Yes. Good. Okay, so let's, I think, I'm really, really curious to hear what you have chosen for your selection. Although, I think I could make some money if I were to bet. But let's take another sip of wine and let's hear it.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, if you were taking a bet, you would probably be right. Because the story that I, the book that I've chosen is Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris. (laughs) And we all, you know... I just think probably everybody must have seen the movie too because it's just a classic awesome thriller just like the kind of thrillers we like to read and write and oh for um, sure
1: and it won Academy Awards I mean it I, did oh my gosh everybody was awesome
0: in it yeah it,
1: it's a, anyway it really holds up we had just watched it maybe within the last year again uh-huh man does that movie hold up I
0: mean it's yeah. so good I know it is it's so good Mm-hmm. And the scene where he says, you know, I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so, oh so God. good, you know. Come on. And it's, yeah. I know. I know. But I got to tell you, you know, it's, um, it was different in the book. That really?
1: Long.
0: Yes. So in the book, what he says is, a census taker tried to quantify me once. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a big Amaroni. Go what back is to it? school.
1: Yeah, Amarone.
0: Amarone. Yeah, that's exactly what probably the director or the screenwriter said. <laughs> and, and it turns out it is a wine. And in Europe, you know, people, or probably in Italy, they know what an Amarone is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, oh, this is so exciting. Uh, you know, maybe I'll just do Amarone and then she won't know.
1: And in South Dakota, there's probably no
0: Amarone. <laughs> well, honestly, I looked in the grocery store. Of course, there wasn't any there, you know. And um, and then I did a little more research, and like the cheapest bottle in the wine store is around fifty dollars. Mm.
1: It Thank is a very expensive
0: it. wine, yes. Wow. And but the description of it is um, okay, so so I didn't mention that um The Chianti description is like, oh, have it with hearty Italian meals like you know manicotti, lasagna, or um, even a hamburger. Okay, (laughs) that's 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 what the that's what Rufino has on their website in description of how to pair this particular wine that we are (laughs) drinking. Okay, okay, but the Amarone, um, you know, theirs is uh, like I said, it's very expensive, and it's it goes perfectly with red meat game, or good conversation. <laughs> oh, I, I, I swear, I thought you were going to say
1: uh, liver. someone's liver or something. <laughs> I'm thinking, if you're a marketing person for these companies, would you just take advantage of this?
0: I, oh, my gosh, I know. Uh, well, I with the Kianity, I totally take advantage of it. Because, you know, one of my side gigs is, mm. um, you know, being the lady in the grocery store that says, here, have a sip of wine. And I try to sell wine. <laughs> And one time I did have a Chianti, and um, so I would use the line occasionally, you know, to see, and, you know, most people got it and would laugh, and, you know, and, um, but there would actually be people that come up to me when I said, oh, I've got a nice Chianti if you'd like to try. And they're like, oh, do you have some foppies?" <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes, okay. and I have the manager's liver under the table. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But I, but I did sell a lot of Chianti when they when we talked about it that way because you know everybody knows mm-hmm. that and it's kind of you know oh, yeah maybe I should try one and they talk about it in the movie so anyway but um, yeah so I um, I that's that's why I chose it plus you know you've helped me describe my my book as uh, badass Nancy Drew meets Silence of the Lambs so you come know, on I have a that little bit is my
1: favorite <laughs> I love that. I love that. I just love it,
0: and so will some agent serial killer in mine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, so and so will some agent and a publisher. Anyone out there needs to be listening. This is good.
0: (laughs) Please, please, it's just like Silence of the Lambs, except for appropriate for young adults. Yes, yes, and then Thomas Harris. um, He's he's really an interesting guy too. Yeah, tell Um, me about him. He's um, he's kind of you know very sort of reclusive i guess you you would say like he doesn't like to be in the spotlight so he mm-hmm. doesn't do interviews or anything um his his first book was black sunday it came out in 75 and then red dragon 81 then silence of the lambs 88 and hannibal 99 so you're sensing a trend there's like oh, almost yeah. 10 years or 8 to 10 wow. years between each book and his last one was hannibal rising in 2006 And um, now they're advertising a new thriller, we don't know the name, that's coming out in May of 2019.
1: Oh, he really does take a chunk of time.
0: Yeah. But, like, um, there was, I found a quote that Stephen King um, remarked that if writing is sometimes tedious for other authors, to Harris, it's like writhing on the floor in agonies of frustration. Because for Harris, the very act of writing is a kind of torment. Oh, my goodness. I know, and I think you know. I think he really like draws into the characters because he had some author notes, which I might, if if we have time, I'll, I'll read you some of the author's note um, before the books. But mm-hmm. he he really gets into the character, like there, it's like he's there, you know, like more than even most. I mean, yes, I mean, you know, yeah. you get it. You have to get into the mind of your character and serial killers and whatever. But um, he really gets into it, so I think you know, it's got to be a little torturous. But his agent. This is the part I really like um was talking about how you know he's a, he's a really good guy and it says he loves cooking he's done the cordon bleu exams Oh my goodness And it's great fun to sit with him in the kitchen while he prepares a meal and see that he's happy as a clam
1: Oh and I'm so like so he's not okay. riding on the ground all the time
0: which I'm really no, glad they're not not at all <laughs> and part of the time he lives in South Florida so I'm thinking. Everybody lives in South Florida. <laughs> if you're listening, we can get Thomas, together and cook a meal together. We do really, really
1: <laughs> like cooking wine and your books. Yes, I'll bring the wine. <laughs> so, do you think this new, um, un-unannounced
0: book is some of the same characters? Do you, are you getting that sense? I don't know. It was. I'm thinking not. Because I think he, but you never know. I don't know. Hmm. They haven't really said. They just said it's a, a new thriller. So interesting. It might be new. But I did. I did like how. I really found this interesting too. Um, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I could talk for hours. I guess we can edit it out. But um, <laughs> there was um, there was you know the the fact that like Clarice Starling is like such a great strong female character. I actually used her in my pitch Oh, really? because
1: I have an ex FBI agent. And so oh, I yeah. used Clarice um, just because oh. she's an easy, quick FBI reference. And everybody yes. knows
0: when you hear that. And, and, you know, but back then, think about it, this was 88. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's a few years ahead of me. That's it. And I'm like looking at it and I mean, that's a real, really cool draw because she was, she was a strong character. Yeah. And, um, and she um you know he he also and this was the same in the movie he had you know her roommate was a strong minority female yeah very unusual and 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 then he addressed the the problems like like clarice had when like her boss was like sort of put her down in front of other guys trying Mm -hmm. he was just trying to um you know be one of the good old boys to try to get information and things but she called him on it. She's like, look, you can't do that, you know? I mean, everybody's this following is 1988. your lead. 1988. I mean, 1988. So I was, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah I was. That's... I really was impressed. So I, all the more reason to, you know, have a glass of wine with this guy. I, oh, I would <laughs> love to. I would be very
1: curious what percentage of um, new recruit, FBI agent recruits, in 1988 were women. It couldn't have been very high.
0: Um, no, I don't, I wouldn't I will think, say but... this
1: when, here's the big life regret for me.
0: Okay. So I,
1: we can edit this out No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> Absolutely
0: when I was not. In, I want to hear your life regret. And when every listener wants school. to hear your life regret.
1: <laughs> when I was in law school, which was the mm-hmm. early and mid nineties, okay. um, the FBI came and recruited at our law school as they did, because at that point I was told, I'm not sure if this is accurate, but. Um, I was told by some professors that they were looking for lawyers to become agents, so that you had already an ingrained knowledge of constitutional law and interesting, um, yeah. And I, um, I remember walking by the room where they were at, you know, talking, mm-hmm. trying to to attract and and talk to some um, students, and I wanted to go in, but I was too scared, and I oh, always, yeah. I, I always really regret that.
0: Well, I know. <gasps>
1: What? Oh, my main what? character. My main character did that, and I
0: never have put those two things together. <laughs> See, you drew from your past. But... Oh, that's just. so Oh, and interesting. you know what? See, that it's that's... the Chianti. It is the
1: Chianti. Yes, that's bringing Yes, it's us the out.
0: Chianti. And and you know the part which I don't. I don't know if I'll have. Uh, if you think I have time to read this little part no, from. I want to hear it. Okay, because this is this is from his. Um, from Thomas Harris's author's note in two thousand and thirteen, um, when they reissued "Silence of the Lambs," he had this in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he describes when he was twenty three years old, he went to this Mexican prison um, to interview this American. He was working in Texas, like Texas crime. That's he was a t- crime writer before he became an author. And, um, and so he was, he was, went to interview this guy and then he describes this encounter with this doctor. Okay. Yes. And so, um, so he goes to talk to the doctor because the doctor had healed uh, the, the prisoner that he was interviewing the American who was on death row for killing three people. And um, so he goes to the doctor just to talk about, you know, how he saved the guy from this wound the year before, and then, um, and then this Dr. Salazar, he starts talking about other stuff. And so here I'm going to read what he wrote because I think it, it'll, and I'll, I'll put, try to put on the voices a little, and we can edit out.
1: <laughs> no, okay. I'm, I'm excited. Okay.
0: So Dr. Salazar made a steeple of his fingers beneath his chin and looked at me. Mr. Harris, how do you feel when you look at Simmons? And that's the prisoner. Okay. Tom Harris answered, I I was trying to see if he fit my eyewitness description of the killer. Did you allow yourself an impression beyond that? (gasps) Not really. (laughs) See, do you like my voice? Uh, You're doing a very nice job. (laughs) Was he responsive to your questions? Well, yes, but I couldn't tell much. He's got a pretty thick skin. He's got his answers down pat. Pat answers to questions he expects. (laughs) Is he wearing his sunglasses in the cell? Yes. Dim in there, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Why do you think he wore the sunglasses? Maybe to hide a little bit? Would you say the sunglasses add an element of symmetry to his face? improve Improve his appearance? I really didn't think about it, Doctor. He looks like he's been beat up a lot around his head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Dr. Sal- Dr. Salazar closed his eyes, perhaps seeking patience, and then opened them again. Did he turn his face askance when he talked to you, about 10 degrees to his left? Maybe. He looked away. Uh, people do that. Do you think Simmons is ugly? That's not a very good job on his lip, is it? Like he's supposedly the prisoner had a bad um, surgery on his lip. He's like, no. Will you be seeing Simmons again, Mr. Harris? I think so, or they're going to take some pictures out in the compound with his car. Do you have sunglasses with you, Mr. Harris? Yes. This is so creepy. May I suggest that when you question him, you do not wear them? Why? because he can see his reflection in them. Do you think that Simmons was tormented on the school playground because he was disfigured? Probably, it's customary. The doctor seemed amused. Yes, customary. Have you seen pictures of the victims? The two young women and their little brother? Yes. Would you say they were attractive youngsters? They were, nice looking young people from a good family, good manners, I'm told. You're not saying they provoked him. Certainly not, but early torment makes torment easily imagined. <laughs> you That at
1: is <laughs> so freaky,
0: and your voice is creeping me out. <laughs> so then he lo- so then he looks up at him, and his countenance <gasps> changed. He seemed to pop <gasps> wider, like a moth flashing the owl face printed on its wings. You are a journalist, Mister Harris. How would you put that in your journal? How do you treat the fear of torment in journalese? Might you say something snappy about torment, like it puts the hell in hello? (laughs) So at this point, the guard rapped on the door and stuck his head in. Doctor, the patients are here. Dr. Salazar rose. You'll have to excuse me, he said. I thanked the doctor and invited him to call me if he were ever traveling in Texas. We'd have a drink, lunch, something. Looking back, I cannot recall any trace of irony in his reply. Thank you, Mr. Harris. Certainly I will. Next I travel. Okay, so yeah. what do you think? So, he, so so then Tom Harris goes out and he says to the warden, thanks, you know, for letting me interview. And it was nice talking to the doctor too. And, um, and see, meanwhile, there's, there's patients waiting from the village to go in and see Dr. Salazar. So that's why he has to go. And then the warden turns to him and says, didn't you know? That's, you know, Dr. Salazar, the the surgeon who is
1: also a murderer,
0: and he could package his victims in surprisingly small box. Yeah, he was a prisoner and he wasn't supposed to get out. And this is true. So this so it's based on that. I know. So years later, you know, before he was doing this, he did, you know, because I found somebody else on there that he contacted a, a writer in, in Mexico to help him find who this guy was. You know, his real name isn't Salazar, it's something else. But he was actually the last um, prisoner to be on death row. You know, so he would he would dismember his victims. Um, but his sentence was commuted Yes, and um, I think in 2000 or something, and then he continued to be a doctor in some small village in Mexico until he died in 2010. Oh my goodness! Can you believe it? So you know, no. Well, oh, that's just there the might week- be some other dismembered bodies in Mexico. I'm thinking, uh, but unfortunately, isn't that I think there's probably a lot. That is such a
1: creepy. <laughs> um addition to his i know so he, that happened book. to him
0: when he was 23 and then years wow. later there you go which we're talking you know 10 20 at least years later he was like oh he he describes it as um when his when clarice his detective he knew she needed to talk to somebody in the prison and up popped dr salazar oh my. so it's like he doesn't even get to choose that's who came to his kind of like you didn't get to choose how she was in the FBI. It just came to you and turns out yeah. it was something based on your earlier time. But anyway. Interesting. I know. Such an interesting book, interesting person and yummy wine. So I need another sip and oh. I want to hear your story. Your turn. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> okay. So,
1: um, you know, last week we talked about uh, food being something that brought our character and Daniel Silva's novel together, right? A, a symbol of comfort and regrouping. This is not the case in my <laughs> new one. I changed a little bit. Okay.
0: Okay, that's good. Change is yeah, good. Yeah,
1: change is good. So this week I chose a selection from Brad Meltzer's *The Escape Artist*.
0: Oh, I love Brad Meltzer. He's really on do too, you
1: know. <laughs> too. I know. Is there any Florida people that you don't want to move to Florida? Right? I, you know, I like visiting.
0: I really yeah. like self- You could be a snowbird like everybody
1: else. <laughs> yeah, that's, I could be, I could be. So, um, I really like Brad Meltzer too. And I, actually, I just finished this, um, this escape artist maybe, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And, um, but I had first read Brad Meltzer while I was in law school and he had published mm-hmm. his first, um, novel, which was the 10th Justice.
0: Wow, and, I didn't realize he was that
1: old. <laughs> Just oh, kidding. nice. Well, he's not. He's a very young man, and like me, we went to school very young. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I went to law school in the m- midnight. Yeah, we don't.
0: Yeah, yeah midnight,
1: <laughs> and um, and that is when I. I mean, I think the tenth justice was published somewhere in there, and I remember reading it. I don't know how I had time to read a book. I, I imagine I was shirking my duties studying or something.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It was therapy. You, yes. You, know. but you can only I, read so many torts. <laughs> oh,
1: right. And but the tenth justice was such a good story. And of course it was about the Supreme Court. And I was completely enamored and obsessed with that book. And I mm-hmm. I wish I would have recognized that I was enamored with the whole genre of thrillers, and that's what I wanted to do. But I really, it really, I, I still have the copy of it because it really impacted me. And I oh, cool! I think he's just a great writer. And I love the research piece that he always does. Mm-hmm. And I love um, his page churning, just entertaining, great reads. But he has great um, research um, to back up his stories. And so i am always uh-huh. really like that. And this one is no different. So, mm-hmm. have you read this, The Escape Artist? No, I don't. okay. So it came out earlier this year. It just no, came no, out. no. I
0: definitely didn't then. <laughs> okay,
1: I think it was published in March of this year. So okay. spoiler alert to anybody who's listening who has not read it. I will try hard not to give away.
0: Yeah, much. you can't give away because that's too soon. You can't give away the ending. Yeah. That's all. I
1: won't give away but. the ending for sure. But yeah. but um, we want to
0: know why it's so yeah. good.
1: <laughs> okay, I, it is. It's great. So so a couple things before I get to the food piece of it. Um, it's a great plot, as his books usually are. Um, mm-hmm. There's like three really cool pieces to it. One um, that are all historically based and obviously well researched. Um, the a lot of the book it opens and takes place at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. And familiar I with that area? Are you? Sort of. I well, my I'm sister not. lives sort of in Delaware, so I mean, okay. I know where Delaware is. Well, I'm so glad. <laughs> Okay, got
1: a little on the canty, Kathy. Okay. Um, but <laughs> the um, Dover Air Force Base is where most of the uh, this is a really a, a gruesome um, description, oh, but it's, good. I it's, like. It's, gruesome. Okay, it's where <laughs> a lot of the um, important and uh, significant veterans who have been killed in line of duty land. That's where their bodies oh, go.
0: Yeah, that's sadly gruesome, though.
1: It's sadly gruesome, but it's very interesting. I thought you were going to be like, you know, well, I'll get there.
0: serial killer gruesome. No, but no, well, that's a sad.
1: Gruesome... But it's very sad, and it, but it is a, mm-hmm. an actual. But it's
0: a fact of life. Yeah. It is, and they and, have they have have, to go and actually, that's probably where we have seen Dover Air right. Force Base in media and stuff.
1: Yeah, and so like people like um, that were killed in the Pentagon at nine eleven. Their bodies came through Dover. People oh, killed really? in Afghanistan. Um, any, you know, anything that's um, particularly high level goes through Dover. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, they have a very large funeral home there. And well, they have I... very specific um, uh, ways of handling the bodies with, you know, the utmost respect. So the main character and the protagonist in the book mm-hmm. he is a mortician at Dover. Which I just, mm. I thought, come on, that's such an interesting
0: fact yeah. i never
1: knew about and and so that was really interesting and his name is zig which is kind of a great name yes and absolutely. so it opens with zig being a mortician at um dover air force base and
0: he now uh, Go ahead. just a question mm-hmm. um so when um these are all probably i mean they must be fictional characters right I mean, for sure just... for yeah, sure okay.
1: so he takes you know real life um it's hard to do to take
0: fiction. a real life place and make it fictional without it, as long as i guess the people there are all good guys because otherwise the dave dover air force base would be like all mad if you like put like a crazy person working there. well not
1: everybody's good i mean for okay sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interesting. I can, i'm
1: gonna read it because i'm, I'm curious about that it's here. really good so then so then he so this this gentleman's really struggling he has lost his um child he 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 Aww. his daughter died so he mm-hmm. is at work which is a you know an incredibly challenging job anyway and he um the, a body comes through a military body that he really wants to do the work on so he's going to do what, what he does right mm-hmm. um, and he um it's because this girl it's a young woman and she has mm-hmm. a relation, the name, he recognizes the name, and the name is Zola, uh, Zola. right? Okay. Now
0: that, now that. Okay, so now no, let me. Nola, Nola, sorry. Zig okay, and Nola. Nola.
1: Zig and Nola. Now,
0: now is Zig a mortician or, a or is he like a Quincy guy, you know, like he, a coroner or a pathologist? Or,
1: no, I do not. He is not a. He's, he
0: preps them for. He does the funeral. Prep. Right. He's not them, a physician. Gotcha. So yes. that is a mortician, yes.
1: Yes, he's not a physician. I was yeah, thinking yeah.
0: Quincy in my head, and then I went, wait a minute, I think she said mortician.
1: Yeah, and so he um, oh, he follows up after the um, person, the physician comes in and, and does their initial autopsy, um, mm-hmm. and so anyway, he finds he comes and he really you could, they make it clear in the book that he really wants to do the work on this, pa- uh, this I'm sorry this. Um, hero, I guess, person that would has come through and her name is Nola and N-O-L-A so they're really interesting right. names mm-hmm. and so, and he, you start finding out that that he has a connection to this uh, deceased person because of the connection through their daughter and what turns out is this girl was the same age as his daughter and at oh. some point, and they weren't close friends, but at some point when they were young, like in Girl Scouts, this mm-hmm. Nola um Prevented his daughter from becoming injured, and became injured herself from a, a small explosion. Oh wow! And so he's trying to honor her and really make sure that she receives the respect that is due. Mm-hmm. And as he's doing his work, he realizes that it's not Nola. It oh. can't. It can't be her. It's somebody else. And so that's mm-hmm. the whole, the whole mystery is: where is Nola? And why Mm. is someone pretending because she came through with all paperwork, her tags and everything that says she's Nola Brown and she's not really interesting. So that was just fascinating. So who is she
0: and where's Nola? It's great. So the second
1: kind of big um, real life fact that's really interesting in this book is that Nola's position on the army is that she's an artist in residence. And that's Mm -hmm. a real position in the army. They have Really? They have someone that is the artist in residence. And this but what person, does that
0: mean? Are they actually, they do the artwork?
1: They go or? into the battlefield and they draw or paint oh whatever medium gosh, is firsthand me. to accurately portray the experience of war.
0: Wow. I know.
1: And this is an actual position that goes back.
0: Still, nowadays, that we have cameras and video cameras and cell phones.
1: And the the take that he um, put on it, which I thought was so interesting, he meaning Brad Meltzer, is that um, because of her, she's also a wonderful soldier, Mm-hmm. meaning like kick-ass, kind of like, ah, cool So right. She also, and her um, skills as an artist, allow her to observe things that most people would overlook. And like for one story, and mm. one piece in the story is um, she was observing and, and drawing, I believe, not painting, I believe she was drawing with charcoal, maybe, um, a place in Iraq or Afghanistan and she noticed that there was a manhole cover and it ended up saving her whole group because the, the, oh. they, they knew there was an attack coming through that manhole cover or something like that. So it's very interesting. Cool. So that, that just, and I, I like I said last week, I really like art and books and this turned out yeah. to have that by complete luck. So, yes. and then the third piece that was really interesting was they do a lot of historical information about Houdini, the magician. Oh. And, and and there's an actual correlation between that and um, politics in the United States. So it's very interesting.
0: Well, that, that would be interesting I, to read. Although I can see there's a lot of, you know, sleight of hand going on. That's exactly and... the phrase, Christy, is
1: what they use. <laughs> and it really, it was, it, it's a great read. So um, and I don't, okay. I really, because it is so recent, I don't, I certainly don't want to give it away. But um, um, so as he's trying to figure out what really happened to this you know, person the person that's actually deceased, and mm-hmm. where this other person is that you know was exhibited a kindness right. to his daughter. You know, he's right. trying to obviously do what he can to honor his daughter's memory. Um, they're playing this whole cat and mouse game. She doesn't really want any help. He wants to help. He wants to be a father figure. She's completely not interested at all. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but during this process, he's not actually with. Zig is not with Nola that often. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's that thing where you need someone for your main character to talk to. Right? Like a buddy or a sidekick. right? Because that's right. how you can hash through things. And right. so his sidekick is a buddy of his from when he was growing up. Um, and it sounds like, you know, Zig has taken care of this buddy. And mm-hmm. um, even got him his current job on the um, on, at Dover. And he okay. uh, manages, I believe, the bowling alley. On, on base and um, fills the candy machines, you know, like the vending right. machines around the air airbase. And right. I just and so that's my food scene is they end up talking oh, okay. over <laughs> they end up talking over Twix bars. You cannot believe oh. and all the conversation about what's in the vending machine. <laughs> and Chrissy, you know, I never, but it turns out to have a really important role in the main story all
0: right don't tell me because i don't want to i want to though because there's a really
1: good line but it says
0: okay can you without spoiling spoiling,
1: or i don't know but it's so good okay if you haven't read this and you want to read it except for christy i'm going to say this so just pause for a second um but there's an (laughs) actual (laughs) there's an actual line that says um no one ever looked twice at the candy man and it oh, just talks about how kind of overlooked yeah. this person was. And it reminded me of how overlooked candy is, right? Like you don't right. you don't think about the candy yet. Unless
0: you're a little kid and then that's right. the only thing you're looking at.
1: <laughs> but as an adult, you know, candy machines, vending machines are just everywhere. No. We don't ever
0: think about it. It's such
1: an insignificant meal. You know, I mean, it's not when they like prepare. I could've
0: you know, as a wine wine salesperson, I mean everybody remembers me, but I'm still in candy. <laughs> especially when you're quoting Settles of the Lands, by the way. <laughs> but i just thought totally. uh, you know
1: candy such a food especially candy in a vending machine like you said I to know. adults it's this expendable thing like you don't right it's an afterthought right. it's if you haven't packed your lunch or your yes exactly you know it's just such an afterthought and mm-hmm. the character who is delivering that is also the same way he's just an afterthought like you just hardly oh, even yeah. think about him and then he turns out to be a very significant character
0: Right. And it reminded awesome. me
1: I know, and it reminded me of things that hide we hide things in plain sight and you
0: don't even recognize mm-hmm. it and that's what that is. So Oh well that sounds very good and intriguing. And, and you know, uh,
1: I have to admit another thing that you don't know Molly, I bet, is that what? when I was in um, my master's degree I wrote I wrote the, probably the world's worst thesis, but I did write <laughs> a thesis on Edgar Allan Poe. And it reminded me of this because Poe was kind of He kind of created the detective fiction genre, actually, Uh and he his detective was the one that um, described um, hiding in plain sight. That's kind of where that came from. In the I bet you,
0: oh, Brad Meltzer (laughs) probably read that too. I'm sure he did. (laughs) Maybe he read your thesis and oh, then no. decided to it's write. Oh no, it's been this.
1: burned. I'm sure the only <laughs> publication of it—it's the only thing published—is probably been burned. Trust me, that
0: sounds much more interesting than mine. Oh, so okay. <laughs> we're not even going to talk about it. But, that. but mm-hmm. isn't
1: that interesting? You know, so and I and I read this whole book, and now as I I read as a writer, trying to mm-hmm. you know find where I'm at and the plot and that kind of thing, and this just no name character constantly talking about the no name food.
0: Turns no. out to be this
1: major crux in the story.
0: All right. Well, that's perfect. That see, that's perfect, and you know, we didn't have to do in a wine associated with it because yeah, I couldn't day, think so. of one, so
1: that's why I picked it for this week. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. So Brad Meltzer, great. It is the Escape Artist, and if you haven't read it, put it on your to be read list.
0: Yes, definitely. All right. Well, that was fun.
1: It was fun.
0: Yeah, we're going to try to do this every week. I mean, this week we're a day late, maybe, but we're even going to do it during Thanksgiving week. So it'll come out on Friday after Thanksgiving, so people on their weekend can get their friends and family to subscribe. (laughs) Which would be
1: awesome. I'm going to certainly. And plus,
0: we'll have, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm
1: going to have a house full next week. I'm hosting and I will be. Suggesting that everybody subscribe. Exactly. I'll put I'll put that on their place card. Um, here's where yes. you sit. And by the way, here's the podcast that you can subscribe to.
0: <laughs> and if you want food, you're going to subscribe right now, and let me show you how. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so
1: tell me. let We've had a little bit of the cante. What would you would you buy this again? What do you think?
0: Yes, especially if I'm having hamburgers or spaghetti. <laughs> and that's all. No, I do like it. I. I mean, I'm not the pickiest, but this definitely was, was, it's not too fruity, because I don't like sometimes if they're too fruity,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and it's not too fruity, but it has a little bit of fruit to it, but it's just very, it's just very mellow background, not gonna, um, you know, it's not, it's not gonna be like, oh my gosh, I have to sip this, it's gonna go perfect with food, I think. Right, right. Yeah.
1: I think it's great. I think it's great. Okay. I really enjoy it too, so that's great. I so, know, I wish
0: we were in the same same town so we could finish the bottle together, but
1: Alas, you are far away. Oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not for long. We'll try to we'll try to right. figure something out.
0: Okay. okay,
1: so that's all for our second episode of Game okay. of Books Podcast where we share food, wine and mystery. If you liked listening, yes. then be sure to subscribe, like Christy said. So you can get your weekend fix of food, wine, and mystery tips every Friday morning,
0: just in time for the weekend. Yes, and I can't wait to see what wine and mysterious food scenes you share next week. I'm excited. So so this is Christy. And Kathy. Saying thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.